I would just say that everything that you're going through right now, everything that you have been through is all preparation for what he's, what he has for you. Um, and ultimately we have the choice of whether to receive or to reject God's gifts, God's blessings and, and his glory. I would just say, if you can say no to the world and say yes to Jesus Christ, you have no idea the abundance uh, that he has for you. And I'm not just talking about material things. I'm talking about in your heart, knowing and feeling that love that you've always longed for, um, having a purpose to walk in. Uh, all of that will be revealed if you only submit. I want to welcome uh, Angel Martinez to the sunny side. Angel uh, has a, an interesting life that we'll get to later on, on how you, you might have a, a picture in your in your mind on who his profession, who they are and, and what they do. But first off, welcome to the sunny side, Angel. Thank you for having me. It's, um, it's my pleasure, brother. Tell us about yourself. Where, where'd you grow up? Who, who are you? Who is Angel Martinez? Well, I'm a father of seven. Um, been married to my wife for 20 years. I'm 38 years old, born and raised here in Wichita, Kansas, Um, ex-gang member, uh, ex-drug dealer, um, drug addict, alcoholic, come from a divorced family, Um, grew up in foster care for a few years there. Um, So, yeah, I've been through one side and out the other, all by the grace of God. Amen. So let's go back to the beginning. Um, You growing up in Wichita, you... You, um, as a kid, what happened? Where, where, where were you? Where were, where were the troubles starting to begin? When do you know that life was changing for you? I would say just, you know, in all reality, I've, I've always been searching for my identity, searching to belong. Um, my parents being divorced and my mom started a new family with a new gentleman and they had their own kids and same thing with my dad on the other side. Um, I was just kind of the one left behind, you know, mm-hmm. in the divorce. So I was kind of uh, the leftovers here and there. And um, both of my both both of my parents come from uh, rough up, upbringing. My mom's father was a uh, heroin addict and over died uh, in her life. So she grew up in foster care system and brokenness. My dad was from Brooklyn and Chicago um, and, you know, comes from a very rough upbringing himself and was addicted to cocaine and alcohol for years. And so, I mean, they were kids that just had a kid and I was kind of left in the wake of that. They didn't know what they were doing. And uh, I kind of just grew up never really knowing my place or where I belonged or knowing my worth or my value. And so, um, you know, spent time in state's custody for child abuse on both sides. Hmm. And, um, you know, I was always angry and I was always fighting from probably the sixth or seventh grade as long as I, from then on, as long as I can remember and out of foster care, but always fighting. I was always angry and I, I masked it with, um, this facade of, of, uh, of tough and, and hardened. And I mean, I just, all the way through high school, I was, started having sex and, you know, smoking weed and drinking alcohol probably from the time I was 12 years old on until I was about 27, 28. Mm. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, it wasn't until, um, like I met me and my wife, high school sweethearts, met her my junior year. and We've been together ever since. Uh, she loved me. She, she comes from the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, so her prayer life and her faith, I believe, has a lot to do with, um, aside from God's plan for me, but I mean, her her prayer life and her faith has a lot to do with me coming out of it. She never left me. She stuck by my side. She showed me what family was, uh, what, what it meant to be faithful Mm. and just love me through all of my brokenness and, um, you know, through the hardest times of my addiction, uh, I was, you know, doing cocaine and, uh, I'd cause us to be evicted from houses and, and no electricity, no water, no food and uh, you know I've, I'd leave the house at weeks on end and just show back up and uh, one day I came home and she had the bags packed with the kids just basically said it's you and this lifestyle or it's me and the kids mm. and, um, that was the hardest choice I ever made but the best choice I ever made um, she literally um, stood by my side while I withdrew I didn't do any treatment uh, she stood by my side and prayed and I went through withdrawals for about a week and I had family come and just make sure that I wasn't going and uh, leaving to go find my fix and keeping people that didn't need to be around me away from me. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, that's a thing of the past now. So yeah. Now, uh, before even getting there, before you, you met your wife and her name is. Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Okay, so before you meet Elizabeth, um, you're banging. You're you're you, you may not have started it, but you would finish it. You, you, and I grew up like you. I, I understand that having that anger, you know, if someone bumps you, okay, it's on. Let's do this. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, <laughs> time and time again. Uh, so were you were you running with people that you felt uh, a part of? Because you said you were, you were with the gang for a little bit. So did you join because you felt like you finally were a part of a family? Yeah. I mean, well, the gang members were my family. Hmm. Um, my brothers and my cousins. And, um, you know, they were the they were what I wanted. I mean, at the time, what I thought I wanted, the money, the flashy stuff, you know, the respect, the, the, the fear that the way that people looked at it, right? The tough guys and uh, nobody messed with them type of deal. And. Um, I did everything and anything I could to prove myself. I was a knucklehead. Uh, and, you know, a, a big part of the reason why I have the heart of the community that I do now is because of um, all the all the trouble I used to cause and all the, you know, we used to bring down the community. Mm-hmm. And so uh, now it's all about uplifting. But I mean, for a long time, uh, drive-bys, gang fights, you name it. I mean, I was in the middle of it and it wasn't even until like the day that I found out my wife was pregnant at the time. She was just my girlfriend, but I found out that she was pregnant with my, my first son, Angel Jr. Um, we were hanging out and the guys come and pick me up and like, Hey, we're banging with these guys over here, jump in the car. So I jump in the car we get into this big old fight. Um, shootout takes place and there's a bunch of stuff going on. And, uh, you know, the cops start coming and when the police got there, but like as, as that happens, we hear the sirens coming close. Everybody takes off. It was just, they all took off, but I got left there. Mm. Uh, 
and I had right there with rival gang members and they were shooting at me. And, uh, at that point I was like, man, they, you know, it just, my eyes opened to, that could have been it for me. You know, I, I left where I was at to go do what I felt was what I was supposed to do for the game to be loyal, to be down. Um, and meanwhile you left me. Mm. So that for me was a big turning point. Uh, and I was done with it after that. We had a, we had a big, there were some things that ensued and I, I kind of got into it with the leadership of the gang and, and, um, I just told him I've always done what I'm supposed to do and I got left and I'm not with it. And, um, there were some consequences that came with that for a couple years. Uh, I had to, uh, be prepared to defend myself against yeah. the people that I was banging with yeah. or that, I, that I was riding with, you know, uh, that you felt were your so, family that were your yeah, family that were, that were my family. Yeah, absolutely. Just explain to anyone listening to the sunny side right now how a child, a you know, young man, how he would want to go shoot at other people when when you're with your your brothers, your your gang. Um, I think it's just a a culture, a product of the culture thing. You know, mm-hmm. you as 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 humans, as people, we we seek belonging. We want uh, we want to feel a part of something, and so for me, uh, in that, I think it was I just wanted to prove to myself and to others, the people that, that were in the same gang that I was, I was worthy and that, uh, that I, that I was loyal and I do whatever it takes to be a part of that, a part of them, uh, and to belong, to fit in and just not knowing, just lack of guidance, just lack of, uh, common sense too. But mm-hmm. I mean, just, yeah. just not knowing, Mm-hmm. what I was really doing. I just, I just wanted to be loved so bad. And I was willing to do anything and everything to, uh, to be a part of that. I mean, and that's how the drug started. That's how everything started was through that. Just that want that need to belong. You know, um, I, I pray people hear that angel that are listening to the sunny side right now that because so, so often we're quick to just write people off. Well, you know, this knucklehead, they're, they're unsavable. And, and so many times they just want love. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, brother, uh, the Lord saved you there, uh, the shootout, uh, but you still had your struggles with the drugs you said, right? Yeah. So for oh, some years after, even, you know, I was still using and it was partying and I thought I was in control, but uh, absolute was not, and it progressed and got worse. And uh, yeah, ended up being completely addicted. I'd wake up every day and uh, be at the liquor store getting, you know, at least a thirty pack of beer and a fifth of liquor to start my day off. And uh, and I, you know, probably was consuming close to a quarter ounce of cocaine every every single day. Mm. I mean, that's that's the life that I was living after some time. Uh, called i was i was a uh, secular hip-hop rapper uh there for some time part of a group called arachnophobia which was uh a group basically a group of gang members that, that were rapping and a uh, gangster rap label if you will mm-hmm. um and so yeah i i mean that was my lifestyle for oh, until until 2000 until 2010 right around then and that was what life felt like for you. I mean, you, you felt normal. Yeah. You didn't feel normal until you were high, right? Yeah. I, I, I can't remember for some years when I wasn't high. Mm. 
Uh, I mean, that was, you know, with in that lifestyle, I I had quit gang banging, but I was still in that drug scene. So I was still, you know, I'd sell. I was selling drugs basically to get my to to get my fix. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't a, a kingpin or anything like that. I was. I would get some, sell enough to pay the guy, and the rest was mine to get high and to use and to to function because I, you know, uh, I, I needed it. I couldn't mm. function without it. Angel, um, Mar- and- Sir, go ahead, go ahead, brother. No, go ahead. No, no, you're good. You're good. Angel Martinez, our special guest on the sunny side, and then Elizabeth said, "It's us or the drugs." And you know, I say time and time again, there's no better rehab than Jesus. Oh yeah. Um, and even at the time, like, so what's crazy about that is probably a week before then uh, was Easter Sunday and her uncle was a pastor um, and he went to his church and I didn't want to go. Uh, I was I was high when I went, as a matter of fact, drunk and high. And she basically drugged me to church and she uh, at this time we'd been going through and pleading. She'd been pleading with me uh, and just really searching for me and, and reaching out for me. And I. Uh, went to the church with her and he did an altar call and the spirit of the Lord just come over me so tough Mm. that I just, I mean, even drunk and high in the midst of all my, all my junk, right in the middle of my addiction, Jesus sought me out right then and there. Uh, And so I went up to the altar, uh, cried out, gave my life to the Lord and you know, I wish I could say that right then and there, everything stopped. I wish I could say that, but that wasn't the case. Uh, I'm, I'm very stubborn. And at the time I was in, you know, I'm, my wife would tell you, I'm, I'm prideful and I have to die to myself on that even still. Uh, but that just comes with years and years of feeling the need to have to prove myself. Um, I think that sometimes it's hard for us as believers that come from a past um, like that to just accept grace and understand that we aren't worthy and we never will be worthy. Hmm. Um, but he's the one that makes us whole. So, I mean, so after the altar call, I, you know, probably another week went by and that's when I came home. Cause I, after, after the altar call, I took off, you know, it was like, I was, then I was running from God. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I, I ran as hard as I could and I come home and I just come home to get some things and to get cleaned up and get back out. And she was there packed up with the kids and, gave me the ultimatum and she was the best thing that ever happened to me. She was the, uh, up until that point, what love looked like true love. I, I knew that she genuinely loved me and me being who I was in my brokenness. All I could do was take advantage of and use and manipulate that to my, cause I knew she wasn't going to go anywhere. Mm. Um, but I, I was able to manipulate that, but the jig was up like that was it. She was, <laughs> she's done. And, uh, yeah, so she she made that decision, and uh, probably a little bit after that, that rap group I was with, uh, you know, I got into it with one of the guys, and I called the police, and you know that's a no no, mm-hmm. and you know they were they were done with me because now I had snitched uh, on somebody from from the neighborhood, and um, so everything was falling apart, right? So I mean. What, what I considered, because I considered them to be family and friends and whatnot. And so we moved out uh, after after probably 14 days of me being sober. We moved out 
to a different part of town where I didn't know people and all of that and started life over. Hmm. And probably about a month after that, I run into, I was probably actually probably about three months after that, I run into where at Walmart and a guy comes up to me, don't even recognize him, but it was actually uh, the founder of the secular rap group I was in. And it was him and I didn't even recognize him. And he just looked completely different, just something completely different about him. And we were talking and he's like, you know, uh, I'd really like to get with you, have you come over to the house and get some food and maybe get in, in the studio and let's break some bread. And I just, I just asked him, I was like, man, you look good. What have you been doing? He's like, man, I gave my life to Jesus. He was older than me, somebody I respected and looked up to. And then right off, you know, I put my guard up and trying to run again. And was like, <laughs> I don't, I don't want anything to do with this Jesus stuff. You mm. know, keep that, you know, that's for soft people. That's for weak people. And, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so him and my wife were really, really good friends or his, his wife and my wife were really, really good friends. Uh, Cause they used to have to babysit us when we were out doing what we called man stuff. Mm. Um, they were the babysitters. Um, but, um, yeah, so I go over there and him and another pastor there and, you know, he had started a, uh, a Christian hip hop ministry called Hope for the Hood. Hmm. And so um, we kind of were we were just talking and hanging out and he's like, man, let's go in here. And I, I did a song. Um, it was the first song I'd ever made with no cussing that had any type of positive direction. Uh, and I, I left, you know, they prayed. They prayed with me. Um, they prayed before I got there. They prayed with me. They prayed when I left. And then probably about um, a little, little time after that, uh, you know, we had our washing machine broke down and we shoot over to the laundromat. We're doing our laundry and we needed some more soap. And so we went over to the dollar store. My wife goes in, she gets the stuff and I'm sitting in the car. And I just had this feeling on my heart all day. I just felt like, my dog had just died. I don't know how to explain it. I was just mm. so somber and just, just, just broken. Um, I didn't understand what was going on. And, uh, my wife goes in the car, pick up the phone and I call him and I'm just like, what'd you guys do to me? <laughs> you know, ever since I've left, I've had this, this stirring and, uh, yeah, he just, you know, he explained to me, he's like, brother, that's, that's the Lord working on your heart. Yes. And, uh, and, uh, I just, you know, I was like, tired, I was tired of running. Yes. I was tired of the, tired of the, the burden and, uh, gave my life to the Lord, um, back in 2010 and, uh, haven't looked back since. I mean, we've, uh, him and I have done the, the music ministry together since then, uh, I've even started another branch off of it called Second Chance Music, uh, which encompasses his his ministry along with a couple other ministries that are local, uh, but just working together and, and making music and doing outreach. And we do community events and things of that nature. We, we reach out and uh, do discipleship, preach the gospel, different public events, and just uh, try to introduce people to the Lord as opposed to 
uh, what we used to do, which was chaos and destruction. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Amen. Angel Martinez, our special guest here on The Sunny Side. Of course, when you're talking about being pretty much a gangster rapper, I go back to the real old school, you know, because the boys in the hood are always hard. Come talking at trash. We'll pull your car. But you flipped <laughs> the script and now you are praising God in, in hip hop and rap and singing or what, what? what's your flow, Angel? Uh, hip hop and rap. Yeah. Okay. Um, I go by Kid Praise. All right. Um, yeah, so I mean, yeah, I mean, um, I just like to make music and whatever it is. I just, I really, I've always enjoyed music. It's always been my outlet. Um, it's been my safe place. I just recently uh, released an album. Well, last year, around this time, I released an album called Epistles. Um, it's just kind of like a, a diary, open thoughts, um, my prayers, my cries out, mm. my praises. Um, just, it was really hard for me to, Oh, release that but it was something that I knew I needed to release I held on to it for like three or four years before I even released it um, just because I was battling those thoughts of uh, not good enough and, mm. and 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 not just not just not good enough self-worth uh, me coming from where I come from I was so scared of the judgment from the church people mm. is it going to be churchy enough is it going to be uh, good enough for them but then I, I had to really check myself and, and understand that um, it's everything that I do is for him. Yes. And that music isn't for the music I make. Yes. I, I hope that people who are in church can listen to it and, and appreciate it and it blesses them. But really it's for the people who are still lost and who are broken, who can relate to that and say, man, I, I can see your struggle, your pain and where you come from and where God's brought you out of and how he's used you, how he's still using you and how he's going to use you and hope that that would, um, uh, give them hope for their life and just, and, and for their worth and to know that, that God is for them and with them. And, uh, all these, all these pains that we experience are temporary. And, uh, we, if, if we would just submit and give our life to the Lord, that we would, we would be able to experience a peace and a small taste of what heaven really looks like. Amen. Uh, because many of those so. people that you, that you're trying to reach out to are people that you were, and, and I was too, that, you think that, well, life, I, I had a teacher tell me I wouldn't live to see 21. So, you yeah, know, for sure. and you probably had the same type of people in your life. And it, it you you suddenly think that you're not going to live. But when you can hear someone singing or rapping about, yes, you're going to make it. You know, this the God has turned my test into my testimony, my mess into my message. Yes, it doesn't have to be for those that uh, don't get into hip hop. But if it just saves one soul, glory to God. Amen. Oh, wait, it's more than music for Angel Martinez, though, because when I tried to we tried to chat uh, recently and you were busy because you were out bounty hunting. What's up with that? <laughs> yeah. So as the tables would turn and as uh, as God so often does and has always done, he uh, used it all for the good. All my experience, all that street life, all that street knowledge, all the, the hustle and bustle. Now I'm on the other side of things um, and I'm a bail bondsman. Um, and so it's the way I view it, you know, bail bonds has, has its own rap and people have their own idea. Um, but what has happened is now someone who's in jail, uh, I get to go get them out and am responsible for them to predict, present them to the court. So the victim would have their day in court. 
and and also so the court can make sure that that person shows up. Uh, but to be able to help someone, because I would say probably 80% of the people that I deal with are, you know, that, that they are exactly who I was, addicted, uh, come from brokenness, struggling to find work, their lifestyle just prevents them from even knowing how to um, do the basic things uh, that it takes to survive or how to be a good father or how to how to do any of that. So uh, I'm able to meet people right where they're at in the middle of their mess and, you know, help them find employment when they get out, help them uh, get into sober living, help them find a church home, help them uh, with whatever their need is, uh, whether it's uh, medical, whether it's just advice, a friend, someone to pray with them, someone to, to talk with them. Uh, and the name of our company is actually a second chance bail bonds. Uh, and so it's actually not my company. Um, I was hired on by a gentleman by the name of Heath Duncan uh, and his wife, Samantha Duncan, and my partner, Ryan Estep. Uh, they actually brought me on. They've been doing it for some time. And uh, they just thought I would be a good fit for the company because of the things that I, my story, my past, um, and then the things that I was doing in and for the community at the time. Uh, and then who they were as a company and as a ministry um, just felt like I would be a good fit. Uh, so the name second chance, isn't just a catchy phrase. It's actually everybody. Uh, it's, it's a faith-based uh, business. Everybody's a Christian, a believer, uh, and Heath Duncan actually was in, federally indicted for uh, for distribution and some other things. And uh, Ryan Eastep, my partner, was actually addicted to meth and uh, homeless and came from uh, a past of sexual abuse and abandonment and some, mm. some other things. And everybody who works in that office today, uh, there's 16 of us now. When I started, it was three of us. Um, but there's 16 of us now, and um, everybody who's in that office uh, is a believer, comes from some sort of background, uh, and mm-hmm. and is able to now. And, and I'm talking people who've been in prison, yeah. who have, I mean, all of it, all of it. And they, we collectively now can meet our clients right where they are. Uh, not to put us on a pedestal, but just to say, as servants. We are able to help people because we understand we yeah. come from that. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, and so it's it's different when you're talking to somebody and you're afraid of being judged. When you can walk into an office and see people who look like you, whose life story looks like yours and who genuinely care, not just about your situation today, but your eternal situation. Um, you know, it's it's been life changing. And I mean, they've opened uh, I'm not a part of that, but they have opened sober living homes throughout the city uh, and given people business opportunities, kind of incubated some things to where people can uh, come up and experience some things and 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 uh, and just put people in position to win. Yes. Um, on so many different levels, empowering people to empower others um, and to bring, you know, give a hand up to others. Uh, so, yeah, it's been it's been amazing. I actually started this job uh, when I was homeless. So I was working construction. My wife and I worked for the same company and we, the company folded. We both got laid off. 
uh, I, I kind of, her brother and I kind of was like, okay, well, you know, let's go ahead and just try our own hand. Let's step out. Let's do this. So him and I kind of were bidding for jobs there for a while and had our own little company on the side going. And that's how we were making ends meet, just odd, odds and ends jobs. And uh, we, For a season, we just could not win a bid. I mean, mm. I ended up losing my house. Uh, my family of nine was sleeping on the floor, on couches, bouncing from different family members' homes. Um, and... I just and I couldn't see myself going back to minimum wage, having seven kids and a wife to provide for. Uh, after I just felt like such a failure, and I just didn't know where where I was going to go or what I was going to do. And I was doing this event called Love Your Community, um, and all of my money, you know, I'm even pouring into that that ministry as we're struggling and. You know, a lot of people couldn't understand why are you doing this? And I was like, man, God just put this on my heart so hard. It's such a need that's desperate. Hmm. Our community is just desperate for it. And uh, in the middle of all that, that's when I actually got the phone call from uh, Heath Duncan and Ryan Eastep as far as, hey, we'd like for you to come work for us. Uh, let's sit down. Let's talk about what that would look like. Uh, hmm. And since then, I mean, it's been the best three years of my life. Um, I'm able to do the same work that I was doing in the community on a different scale um, and and just do bail bonds different because bail bonds is just looked at, I believe, as, as like a cash deal for people to yeah. to, uh, you know, a lot of people see it as that. And they see it. But I mean, we work with people on so many different levels and it's just been it's just been awesome. I, I have a wall, which is my victory wall, and it's just filled with people who come in one looking one way, living one way, and they leave out the door a complete different person, just changed and overcome. And it's, it's so, so fulfilling and amazing. Wow. So you on the verge of homelessness or actually being homeless with your family, that was definitely the darkest part, but then when you get that phone call from Heath, that's when the Lord brought you to the sunny side. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I had no idea what bail bonds was. I mean, I, I knew you go to jail, you call a bondsman. I knew that. I didn't know anything. I didn't feel qualified. I didn't. I was fearful because um, it was like, well, accept this job and uh, there's a probationary period. And I came in and I was just an employee. I hadn't been yet made a partner. Um, and so I was just fearful of, of, cause I'd heard so many different things mm -hmm. just like so many other people. And I was like, man, I don't know uh, if this is for me. And I had another job offered to me right at the same time that was doing community work, exactly what I was doing. It was the comfortable thing. I was going to, you know, um, be able to do that. Uh, but I kind of, what was, what the problem was is I owed $6,000 on my driver's license and they were going to require me to drive to all over the state being an advocate and a guest speaker and some things and the driver's like I just didn't have the six thousand dollars at the time my license was suspended and so hmm. I kind of I kind of uh, I had somebody who was willing to help me out with the license and so I was kind of weighing my options there and I said you know what I'm going to give this bail bonds thing a chance it just felt right uh, you know we had just in the conversations and the prayer, uh, it just felt right. I just felt like that's what the Lord wanted me to do. Mm. So I went that route. And then uh, the first meeting we have, 
uh, after I'm hired on because I drove to work and the owner and my partner, who's my partner now, Ryan, uh, him and he sat me down and were like, you know, uh, we know your license is suspended. Uh, you know, you can't drive, man. It's a bad look. If What would that look like if you were to go to jail for a suspended license? And uh, we're claiming to be different and hold ourselves to a different standard. And uh, what would that look like? Hmm. So uh, I sold my car uh, and I bought a moped. And that was the most, brother, I'm a big boy, let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> and with with social media now, oh, my gosh. You talk, I told you before, I'm proud and I'm stubborn. Um, and I have, to, I have to die to that every day. But, man, I was so caught up in people are going to record me. I'm going to be on Facebook and whatnot. So if I'm being honest, I sold the car and I walked to work for a month. I walked a mile and a half to and then a mile and a half from mm. for a whole month before um, I could die to myself and and say, you know what, the weather changed. I started getting rained on and all this other stuff walking. And I was like, you know, it'd be a little bit less rain if I were to get a moped. So I did that. And then within a year, I paid off my license and uh, got my license back. And uh, hmm. a couple of years now, I'm in I'm right now. I'm in the position to get ready to buy my first home at 38 Amen. years old. Yes. Um, and so, I mean, it's been really good. I mean, financially. Yes, it's been a blessing. It's been amazing. Spiritually, I've I've grown so much in the three years that I when I started working, just having uh, brothers to hold me accountable, mm-hmm. um, to to uh, sharpen me and, and to point out my blind spots because that's so important. Like if we just go through life thinking that we we got it figured out and oh don't tell me how to walk my walk, you know <laughs> I'm sorry God gave his brothers. I mean he, he gave his brothers to fight this battle together. I yes. mean and. Um, yeah, iron, yeah, I mean, so iron sharpens iron, no doubt. Yeah, <laughs> no straight doubt. up, it does. Yeah, before it we does, go though, man. Angel, I, I want to make sure that uh, because you 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 see the glory, you see that uh, your faith has been strengthened, that you you're walking the good walk. But when you're sleeping on those couches, was the dark side calling you back? Um, I would say the dark side calling me would have been um, the feeling of a failure. Hmm. You know. Um, Cause once I, once I got my family and God gave me my family, that was what I wanted more than anything was kids. And I never wanted to be uh, a parent and I love my parents. My parents are amazing. They did what they could with what they had. Um, but I never wanted my kids to have that as, as a dad. And everything that I said I would be, uh, I would never be, I literally was through my darkest times. Um, so to have that happen after I was working hard, I'm, plowing the field. I'm doing everything right. I've completely changed and given my life over to the Lord. And now here I am sleeping on the floor and uh, not being able to provide for my family after all that I put them through to be able to stay strong and stay tough. That'd be a lie if I told you I did. I completely broke down. Mm-hmm. It's still uh, It's still hard to think about Cause my kids and my, my family, they deserve so much. Um, and that was, that was hard. You know, us taking turns, who's the kids taking turns, who's going to get on a couch, you know? Yeah. Um, and then family loves you, but you're still a burden. I'm sorry. Nine people in your house. That's tough. Um, so the feeling of, of failure, uh, the feeling of, uh, the self-worth and just, you know, and believe me during that time, I had partners that I knew that, uh, had reached out, 
you know, and uh, I've made songs about it who had reached out like, man, you're going through it. You don't have to go through that. I can hook you up if you want me to hook you up. And they're, they're kind of hinting towards, you know, yeah. doing things that are legal. And I would, I, me being who I am, I could never go back to that lifestyle. God, God has pulled me out of too much for me to ever go back. Uh, and I've tasted the side, the, the sunny side of things. And <laughs> yes, Praise him, brother. Praise him. Angel Martinez, our Amen. special guest on The Sunny Side. Before we let you go, brother, please talk to that person who is where you were. That person who, uh, you know, unfortunately, some people just give up on life altogether. And uh, just tell them why life is so much better when you don't give up. I would just say that everything that you're going through right now, everything that you have been through is all preparation for what he's what he has for you. Um, and ultimately we have the choice of whether to receive or to reject God's gifts, God's blessings and, and his glory. I would just say, if you can say no to the world and say yes to Jesus Christ, you have no idea the abundance uh, that he has for you. And I'm not just talking about material things. I'm talking about in your heart, knowing and feeling that love that you've always longed for, um, having a purpose to walk in all of that will be revealed if you only submit. And I know that's the hardest thing because we're prideful. And I know that it's, it's, we want to belong so much that we would rather fit in with the people that we know than to let go and, and, and trust and faith in Jesus. I would say, step out on faith and see what he has for you. Amen. High five, my brother. High five. Before you go, Angel yeah. Martinez, we need more information, man. I'll have it in the uh, descriptions, but tell us more about A Second Chance and everything else related to you. You can find us on Facebook, A Second Chance Bail Bonds. The website is asecondchancebailbonds.org, and that's spelled out. As far as the music stuff, you can find us uh, at Hope with the number four, D.A. Hood on YouTube, Second Chance Music on YouTube as well as on Facebook. Yeah, and everything that we do is uplifting and encouraging, and we just, we hope that we can see lives change and transform through Jesus Christ. So if, even if you don't, uh, I would say those people, if you're a church if you're a church person, those people that you know that need it, point them in that direction. Because one song, uh, faith comes to hearing, and one song, one testimony, uh, one word can, can change a life, and we would just love to be a part of that impact. So... Amen. Yeah. Amen. Father, we just thank you for this chat that we had now with Angel Martinez. And may you continue to lead him in such a mighty way. Protect him, Lord, in, in his work that can be dangerous at times. And allow no, nothing but peace and love in their household every single day. Protection, Lord. And, of course, provide for their finances. Thank you, Lord, for Angel and for all that he does. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to The Sunny Side. Family Life is listener supported and your financial gifts make podcasts like Therese Talk, If That Makes Sense, 10 Minutes With, and The Sunny Side, just to name a few, possible. Find out how you can partner with Family Life on our website at familylife.org.